Hey, hit that subscribe button now. You're going to like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. Today, I'm actually going to step out and have a guest host, host the Luke Branquino Show. But the best part is who he is going to interview is amazing. This guy's a stud. Um, the guy that this guy's going to interview, he's a stud. He knows his stuff. Um, and he's just a really witty, funny guy. But anyway, the, the guest host, Flint Rasmussen, thank you for hosting the Luke Branquino Show. Go ahead and introduce <laughs> your guest when you get a chance um, after you get done uh, talking about you. you know, Go ahead. Okay. I'd like to introduce my guest today. It's the, uh, I don't know how many world titles he's won, but his butt's a lot smaller than it used to be, and he's a pretty good guy. And I always thought it should be pronounced Branquino because you don't say Mosquito, but it's not Spanish, it, right? Oh, it's not Spanish. It's, it's Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. But going back to your shirt, you know, folding your laundry and all that, I had a bag of clothes. I got her in rodeo rehab, got hurt again in September. Well, I had a bag of clothes that I had to get clean. They, they just stunk. So I, you know, start unloading them before I go and have surgery. I'm like, okay, which at that time I kind of knew it was it. That was done. You know, Lindsay and I had talked mm. about it. Um, but I, I take these shirts to the dry cleaners my sponsor shirts. Uh -huh. And I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll just get them clean and pressed just in case I decide to come back. I was looking in the closet the other day and I had them hung up there. And, and again, that emotion just hit me like, I'm, I'm never going to wear these again. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how little things like did, that. Did you go? Those sponsors are never going to pay me again. Is that <laughs> No, I have great sponsors and they're still on board with me since yeah. I'm doing broadcasts and the Luke Brand yeah. show and social media left, right? That and, and that's a bigger picture too. You got to set yourself up to give yourself a chance to be successful when you are no longer successful at what you've been doing yeah. all those years. And we can only hope that it translates over. My big goal has been we do this. I've been done my outside the barrel show at the NFR right. for years, which you've been on. I'm, I, I'll probably uh, let's plan on it. Okay. December. Yeah. Since you're now a HOF. Yeah. Right. Famer. Oh, look, um, look, look, Oh wait. Yeah. Show me. Could you? Oh, nice. Is that you on that buckner? That is me actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, like my goal has been, I want it to translate to, Hey, let's turn on the podcast or let's go to outside the barrel. Hey, it's Flint. Not, hey, look, it's Flint with no makeup. Oh my God. Right. I'll occasionally get comments. <laughs> I, I do a Tuesday night Facebook live deal, which has become really successful for us. It's real cool. We treat it like a show. We run graphics and videos and different things. Uh, but there'll be that random person. They can comment as you go. It says, oh, I didn't recognize you without your makeup. Shut up. Like, <laughs> like why don't you put your makeup on? Oh. Like, I'd like it to be separate. You know, this is now when people look, it's Flint. He, oh, look, Flint's on the broadcast. Good for him. Not, oh, where's your makeup? Right. Well, Sorry. And I, I Good, I'm not, now, not everybody talks like this. <laughs> but so, anyway, but, go ahead. Bob but Tolman, hearing, yeah. But hearing your voice, you could you could come across the, the speaker at a rodeo or a PBR, and they're like, hey, that's Flint. You know, same with what Bob Tallman has done with his voice yeah. inside the arena. And that, to me, is shown, you know, how much you've had involved, how much involvement you had, and how much people have loved everything you've done when they hear that voice and boom, that's Flint. You know what I mean? That's weird. I, You know what? It's only been in the last couple of years that I realized that. 
I'll be like in a grocery store and somebody will go, are you Flint? Yeah. Well, I didn't recognize you, but I, I was in the, up the aisle and I heard your voice. Right. Like, well, yeah, it never dawned on me. Yeah. But I mean, it's silky smooth. It's, well, like, it is not as silky smooth as my brother will. Luke Bradquino, yeah. one of the nice guys. You can go to a lot of rodeos and not see a 3.8, Luke Branquino. Never oh, better, Luke. Never. Hey, How's that? That, that was spot on like usual. Spot on yeah, like the usual. Yeah. But it, having the voice is what it's all about. You know, but when you really think about it, it's almost... Uh, rodeo announcers can... There's a few that sound similar. But when you start separating like on TV... Like now we all know Joe Beaver's voice when he's commentating the NFR. He's great, you know, and, um, you know, Butch and Jeff, it's not that traditional live arena rodeo announcer. The live arena rodeo announcer has certain inflections, certain things they need to cover and excitement they need to cover. But TV guys, it's a little more, you know, that like we're talking you could hear yeah. John Madden's voice and these kids could hear John Madden's voice because of the Madden game yeah. on place it. And they're like, Hey, that's John Madden. I mean, that's oh, man. Yeah. the impact that the voices have, which yeah, is neat. That's, yeah. I am. I'm still speaking of voices. My favorite thing, if I'm on an evening or nighttime drive, uh, in the summer, I listen to baseball games on the radio. And in the fall, if I can find a Packers game or I listen to radio, I listen to games on the radio still because you can, the great ones paint a picture moving left yeah, to yeah. right on our radio dial, the wind coming out of the right, the Packers in their white road jerseys with the green letters and the gold helm. It's the best. And yeah. you learn those voices of certain teams of certain leagues. I mean, I have flashbacks when I hear, uh, uh, <laughs> They're all those football announcers, you know, right. John Madden and Pat Summerall, and right. now it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I mean, it's voices, and yeah. you hope you make that impact on people. Anyway, we got off on that too. But, but you have, that's what cool. I was getting at. You have made that impact so people don't just think of the makeup, those sons of bitches. Yeah. Dick Enberg. That's why if you're watching a Broncos game when I was in like high school, it was Dick Enberg, man. He's a bet. You don't, you that were was your guy. I know. Yeah. No, I know. Well, that's that's who did all their TV games. It was Mile High Stadium, Dick Enberg, and John Elway with bad knees. I mean, come on. <laughs> but he hobbled. Oh, unreal, that guy. Yeah. What did he finally win? He won, end up winning two Super Bowls, right? I think so. Yeah, he won a couple. Yeah, yeah he was one of the greatest. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Back. I'm a football. I'm a football guy. I love football. And Broncos. Like, is that is that your team? No, not real. I don't mind the Broncos. I have a good friend that plays linebacker for the Broncos now. Oh yeah, uh, he was our leading tackler last year, Alex Singleton. Well, no, He's a Montana Alex, State but guy. It probably didn't take many tackles to be the leading tackler. Shut your whore mouth, Um, he he like set a record for solo tackles in a game. Well, yeah, because nobody else was tackled. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, he's a California guy. He's from Thousand Oaks, but he oh, played really? at Montana State, and then yeah. Well, then the D-line probably was letting everybody through, so he just said, I'll get them, guys. I got them. <laughs> oh, can't say that. I can't um, I can't remember his name. Dalton Reeser plays for the Broncos, or I, I don't know if he still is, but I got to make, meet him. He played at Kansas State 
real good guy. I met him through um, the Hua's. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hua's out in Colorado, but great family. They do a they do a really big thing. Anyway, he was an awesome guy. But uh, yeah, the Broncos are. Anyway, yeah. Well, it, living in Montana, it's funny. People will say, "What do you guys do? It must suck living in Montana. You don't have a pro team. Like, who do people cheer for? Whoever your team is, as you grow up, I think it's more fun." Because, you know, I remember having, when I was a kid, uh, my friend Brody, his team was the Steelers. And then uh, somebody, my brother Pete, his team was the Raiders. We all had these different teams and it was fun. See, people in Montana, they go to Broncos games or go to Seahawks games or right. go to Vikings games because there's it's easy access. Yeah. So um, I think it's fun. Who, yeah. Whose horse I rode a lot, Gunner. You know, sure. they're, they're big Seattle fans because it's not that far from Dylan to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't know. Well, maybe they do, but I want to talk about it anyway. You, at one point, were just getting in shape, riding on the treadmill, and boom, down with a heart attack. A lot of people don't know that. But yeah. you But you weren't in horrible shape when that happened. I was in great shape. Um, I thought of this. I've been biking Lately around town, I have about a 16, 17 mile bike loop through town and Damn. that I go on and my girls finally got on me that I have a little pocket in my shorts. I always put my driver's license in. Well, wait, 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 before you uh, keep going, did they tell you to get a life alert? No, they have not told me to get a life alert. <laughs> Sorry. I should, I should, but they get on me about, I, I don't carry my phone, but I do carry my ID, but I was in really good shape. Um, it was 2000. March 11th, 2009. Right. So it's been that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 2009. So it's been a while. Um, I was home and funny thing. Our treadmill had just broken at home the week before. And I set up these stations where we go a minute. And I got my wife at the time, Katie. We were doing these stations. And I had been looking back. I didn't think much of it at the time I'd been struggling a little bit, uh, thinking I was getting old cause I couldn't finish workouts that I'd normally had done. I asked her one day if she had put the incline on the, the treadmill because I couldn't, it was just really tough. I remember talking to my mom, God, I just, uh, maybe it's getting close to time to quit. I can't push myself as hard. This sucks. Da da da. So we're doing all these stations and I'm doing this recumbent bike thing and she's talking to me. You, you understand when wives want to talk, they talk. Right. And I'm like, ah, don't talk to me right now. I'm working out. You know, I'll never forget. She said, I heard, I've heard that if you can't carry on a conversation while you're working out, you're working out too hard. I said, well, people who really work out can't talk during it. She's like, never mind. I'm done. I'm going to do some stuff in the office, other end of the house. So I finish and I'm doing cooling down on this stationary bike trying, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like breathing so hard and I go get a big drink of water and I start like throwing up dry heaving. And I'm like through all my years, I was an athlete through, I was a football basketball track guy. So I'd been through every workout. No, you know, running eight, two hundreds in track and never had thrown up ever working out. I wasn't a puker. Right. I start throwing up and then I start to out here. It starts to shake a little and then down 
it was like I was drinking boiling water. It, oh, then yeah. it was down in my arm. And I went to her and I said, I, I don't know what's going on, but I am not good. Well, maybe I should just drive you to the hospital. <laughs> kind of. And I just went to the garage and got in the car. I thought she was, <laughs> so she can't find me. So well, she you... opens the garage and looks out and she said, really? I'm like, <laughs> so here's the thing. I won't carry on too much. But during when she had said, if you can't talk, you're working out. I said, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to get out of your comfort zone and do these stations. So we're going, we're going 90 miles an hour to, in our minivan. I, we lived 11 miles out of a little small town, but had a hospital and we're about four miles in. I have my feet on the dash and I keep grabbing her cause my arm hurts so bad. Oh and, yeah. And I'm sweating and she looks over me and she goes, so did you get out of your comfort zone. You think? <laughs> and I, I did this. No kidding. I went. That's all I did. Oh, no. I'm so dying here and you want to uh, make jokes. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And so I got helicoptered to Great Falls, stents put in. Um, and it never really dawned on me. It, I never really accepted what was going on. Like I remember in the ER, the lady said, Flint, you're having a heart attack. And I went, you have got to be shitting me. Like really? Um, and then the doctor came in couple days next day i was in icu and he came and said you almost died today and they explained to me like i had all my friends were going well we're not going to work out look what happened to you yeah you know? right but they told me honestly i had major blockage on the main like the one that kills everybody the widow maker yeah they said because i was in such great shape for one the stents they put in were the biggest ones so my arteries were huge. And what happens to your, look at me, doctor, medical doctor yes. what happens is your heart nature has done this. Your heart will start to bypass itself. So it's sort of like, I look at it as there's a Creek running through my place and a beaver dams it up and it finds the water finds a way around. Right. And it had started to do that. So they said you had what we call backfill into these other arteries that kept your heart beating. And that was all from working out and being in great shape. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Weird. It was, I think about it every day. Well, I, I think how, about it every day. Well, but how can you not? I mean, it was I'm maybe hours, minutes. I don't know from you being six feet in the ground instead of talking to me right now. I, um, from the time all the symptoms set in, we drove 11 miles. They stabilized me, helicoptered me. The hospital in Shoto, Montana called Great Falls and said, don't admit him. Don't send him to the ER. This is what's going on. Go straight to the cath lab. So I didn't, they took me into the cath lab and uh, <laughs> you like this. I remember looking up and there was a nurse over the top and said, Flint, you've, you've had a heart attack. And it was dark. It was like this light here. She said, uh, don't be alarmed. I got to pull up. Yeah. I still have workout shorts. I, I got to take your shorts off, but we're, we're going to put stents in through your leg, through your eight, your artery in your leg. I just don't want you to be alarmed. I need to shave your upper leg and kind of pubic area Area. And then to be a smart ass. I looked at her and said, you might be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God. So when my wife finally got there, they couldn't even find me. I didn't even have a bracelet on. Oh, I'm an ice. Like 
That's how. So it was like from beginning to stents in my heart was like two hours. Like it was crazy. Anyway, and, I'm telling you, I haven't told the story in a while. So I, yeah. But but the I guess not the luxury, but the being your name, being what people you know have you know know Flint Rasmussen in a small community helped. I I mean, in my opinion, it helped get everything expedited through. Completely. Uh, so Katie's mom, my former mother-in-law, worked in the lab at the hospital. So Katie called her and said, we're going to be pulling into the ER in about five minutes. So she went and said, everybody come to the door. Connection, you know, it oh, was, yeah. yeah, it was connections. Um, I knew the nurse. My girls went to school with, with her kids. I knew. And so it's hard on people in small towns because you usually, if there's a car wreck or a heart attack, you know who you it know. is, which is tough. But on the other hand, it's connections. I, I've told my, uh, and I'm sure you've told your boys this. I tell my girls all the time, um, life, no matter what you do in life, you can be successful, you can be a winner, you can win buckles, but it's about relationships and connections. And the people, and the people that argue with that and say it's bullshit don't have the ability to make connections it's and relationships. Right. Uh, you know, my daughter Paige, she, uh, she's a college national champion goat tire, greatest goat tire I've ever seen. That was her one goal. She wasn't addicted to being a cowgirl. She was addicted to winning, right. you know, and strived two days later after the college finals, she flies to Boston. She's at MIT doing an internship in the brain center there in the brain lab. And there was a connection with somebody that just gave a recommendation. She deserves to be there. Shelby's working, you know, coached at Montana state now is with Learfield sports knows everything there is to know about rodeo. They're starting a rodeo division in Learfield communications and she's the, heading it up. So anytime you can walk up and they go, Oh, Shelby, we know you here instantly. You have a foot in that door yeah. that you wouldn't have had. And People who don't like that don't get it. Right. You know, that that's a fact. So anyway. well, and and fortunately, even even for my kids, I'll go do a school. We had a, a guy I met that came to a clinic. He was a professional baseball player. And I, we were just talking, and I had Cade with me up in, in Illinois. And I was like, Yeah, he plays, you know, he plays baseball. He's like, Oh, what position? Catcher. He's like, that's what I did. I played catcher. Anytime you want lessons. And that's just having a being able, like I said, having a foot in the door knowing having the name and, and you're right anybody who says that doesn't agree with that it, it it's bs because it it's beneficial for sure yeah it is and yeah when we're in this business um our kids do meet more people because we're in it all right we we have buckles you know and however the the thing about rodeo especially like i remember people my my kids put up with some shit from high school rodeo parents Hard oh, to I could bet. Yeah. Um, but the thing about rodeo is you know all the people you want, but you still gotta win. Yeah. It's not a you know, you still gotta win. Right. And so yeah, it's funny speaking of baseball. And I don't take credit for this. It's just funny how connections happen through our PBR world. There's a, a, a we became through Andy Watson and introduced me to this guy named Everett Tiford. And he was a pitcher and he pitched up and down in the major leagues and triple a great, great guy. Loved coming to PBRs. We finally did a bunch of stuff with him in California. We ended up all being friends. Um, so Everett becomes the, uh, 
minor league overseer of minor league pitchers in the White Sox organization. Well, my sister's son, so my nephew, is a, played at Nevada, ends up coaching baseball in Arizona, and then is becomes the head pitching coach at BYU. So I put him in touch with my friend Everett to send them kind of some uh, stats they're using and analytics to just help him out. Can you help out my 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 nephew Michael? He's brilliant, great mind, six four, good looking, you know, like me. Anyway, you're five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. There's a shakeup at BYU. The coach is in, has some controversy in there. The staff might be in trouble. I get a phone call from Everett. Hey, what's going on there with Michael at BYU? I don't know. Here's his number. To, my my nephew, Michael, is now the rehab pitching coach for the Chicago White Sox. Oh, wow. And I don't take credit for it, but it, it's a roundabout way that there's connections. Yeah. And, and I mean, deserving of being there, of course, but. But I think too, all sports has have that those connections. But I think in the rodeo side of it, it's a more genuine down home connection, if that makes sense. Like we're true blue. They feel like the rodeo athletes are true blue. The people around it are true blue, and they feel more of a, a family connection. I don't know what the connection is, yeah. but it's more genuine, a genuine connection. I, I know that. Uh, other professional athletes, when they come to a PBR or come to a rodeo, it's cool for us because they're in our world. Right. But they appreciate that they're athletes, but they're just guys. Yeah. They're, you know, he doesn't have a 35,000 square foot cabin at the Yellowstone Club in Montana that Tom Brady does, by the yeah, way. Cabin. It's different. I think they appreciate that when they come there, we're working our asses off like they do, but we're really, it, it, it's just, we're just guys. We're just people. We're not usually starstruck. We're not, you know, so there's an appreciation. I think that's what fans have towards rodeo yeah. athletes, bull riding, Western sports athletes. I think that's what other athletes have towards Western sports athletes too. I agree hundred percent. Well, Flint, I appreciate you hosting the Luke Branquino show and this amazing well, you know. guest you had on there. I mean, I think we're probably need to get him back on and have you, you know, guest host again, because, uh, well yeah <laughs> wait, wait. exit out of this but i'll let you take it away well i recall a time i you were on my podcast right you according know, to flint podcast according right according to flint podcast everywhere where podcasts are available and we also have a youtube channel that you can subscribe to <laughs> Uh, and maybe win a stone glacier backpack. I don't know. You remember you did that like five times. You, you give know, gifts away. Five... Hey, Jen, Jen, we're going to need to give gifts yeah. away. I don't know. Flint's... We, we drink, we drink. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See? Yeah. We got Pendleton whiskey and backpack. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, we do. Yeah. I'm, you know, proud of, we do one every other week and Logan and Bo help me and, we cover some st everything from country music singers, comedians to uh, pro athletes, and a, but a lot of Western sports, a lot, a, lot, a lot like you do. We we overlap guests, which is which happens in Western sports, but it's it's fun to do, and we do a Tuesday night live live broadcast when we're home, and so that occupies that part of my mind. It's right. going to be a hard transition and some hard times, as you know, you and I. That's why I like talking to you because the look in our eyes is kind of the same where we're happy, but there's a little something missing. And before I go, I'll say, I have a really, one of my best friends in Shoto, Montana is a guy named Mark fellows. 
one of the greatest Montana State Bobcats of all time. 1984 national champ, All-American, drafted by the San Diego Chargers, was going to be a starter and played a little and broke his hip and ended his career. And I was at his house now a few weeks ago and our girls are friends. And, and I said, yeah, I'm just going to have to find something to replace that crowd feedback. And he just looked at me and said, you never will. Right. You, it'll never happen. What you have to do is learn to live with it while pursuing something else that brings you joy but you'll never replace that. He's right, but we just need to find something else to bring us joy. And this is part of it. You bring me joy, Luke. Well, this was great. You. Thank you. Yeah. And wise words, and I'm going to use those words, actually. Um, <laughs> iron sharpens iron. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that one a lot, too. Anyways, um, so everybody that is watching this, make sure to go to According to Flint podcast. It's right there. It says it right there behind him if you can't see it oh, or if you can't read. Right. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, I think you got it. Oh, oh you uh, mean there? Yeah. <laughs> Flint, thank you for coming on. I've enjoyed get, knowing you for as long as I've known you. I've enjoyed watching you. But even more now, uh, I'm enjoying working with you um, on PPR Thanks, teams, on CBS Sports, Pluto TV, CBS broadcast and um everything likewise here. likewise yeah you're a good friend man i yeah, appreciate you likewise i appreciate yeah. it flint thanks for joining us um we'll get you, you on as it. a guest host again sometime thanks buddy thanks <laughs>